Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The BC government announced uh, this afternoon it's working with the city of Vancouver to build 90 units of housing to help clear out the ongoing encampment uh, in Crab Park and uh, East Hastings Street. Uh, Premier David Eby uh, announced the two temporary bridge to housing projects will also be equipped with 24-7 supports. He made the announcement with uh, Ken Sim, the Mayor of Vancouver, and our next guest, uh, Ravi Kalam, BC's Minister of Housing, who joins us now. Minister, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks, Jess. Thanks for having me. Uh, a complex issue uh, and, 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 and a very interesting one. How much of an impact do you think uh, these uh, modular units, uh, which will provide 90 units of housing, will actually have in regards to reducing or even eliminating the tent cities that we see in the downtown core? Well, definitely it's going to have an impact. I mean, uh, it's 90 people. 90 people will have shelter above their heads that won't be sleeping in tents and, or on the street. Uh, and so definitely will have a human impact. Uh, it doesn't solve the entire problem, uh, that's for sure, but it does uh, move us forward in, in a good way to start addressing it. You know, we uh, rough numbers. We have about 470 people uh, in the encampments, um, the two encampments at Crab Park and, uh, and on Hastings Street. Uh, but of course, uh, the plan with these housing is we first try to get people into the shelters so we can do an assessment what their needs are, figure out what kind of supports they need, and then we try to get them into these modular housing. So uh, it's I think a really positive announcement, and it shows. Uh, what we can do when we partner with the city of Vancouver to, to find solutions for uh, this very complex problem. So you said 90 units of housing, yet you said there were 470 people estimated estimated to be in these encampments. What do you do with the other 380 or so then? Yeah, so we've got about uh, 580 shelter spaces uh, that we've just opened up in the last uh, month and a half. We've also got an additional uh, 88 uh, extreme weather shelter spots that we've opened up. Uh, in the last two months as well. So the idea is to try to transition folks into these shelters uh, and do the assessment and then find them some intermarried, like inter, uh, um, some sort of modular housing or something in the in the in between stages between we can find them either supportive housing or other types of housing. So again, it's complex because some of the folks that are living in uh, the encampment, in fact, have some shelter, in fact, have some units that they're provided to sleep in. But the sense of community that they have amongst each other is what brings them back. And so uh, the idea for us is uh, build a strategy to shift all the folks that are living in camps into either shelters and get their assessments done and then get them uh, into uh, some form of housing so they're they're safe and as well as the community is safe. Um when you when the government says wraparound services for our listeners, what does that mean? Uh, that means uh, ensuring that there's meals uh, for food, uh, ensuring that they have access to mental health uh, and or health services uh, that they uh, that they may need uh, on, on the site. Uh, of course, uh, other supports like uh, you know warm clothes and and, uh, and stabilizing supports that are critically important to ensure that we can get them moving and recovering and getting the supports they need. So we, we bring, and as well as security, 
that we put in place to make sure that the community, the surrounding community, is uh, has the safety as well. Uh, now, in, in many cases, and we talked about this a little earlier, uh, spring and summertime roll around, the population can actually increase because the weather is warmer, people come from other parts of the country or other parts of the lower mainland uh, to the downtown east side. Can we see an expansion of this type of program uh, to other municipalities um, in the lower mainland, the Coquitlam's, the Surrey's, the Richmond's, the Delta's, uh, Langley's and Abbotsford, but also further into the into the interior as well? This town city issue isn't just a downtown Vancouver issue. Are we going to see a further expansion, number one, and number two, do you think that's actually possible because there is a significant amount of pushback and nimbyism that people don't want these modular housing units um, in their communities in in some cases? Yeah, and and you're right. In some cases, people don't want them, but we've also seen in many cases uh, that uh, they're successful and they give people that stability and get them off the street. Today, Jazz, as we were making the announcement, this man walked over with a dog with glasses on and everybody was having a laugh uh, and he was taking pictures with the dog. And the guy said, I came over to tell you that I used to sleep around the block. I used to sleep on the street there. And uh, in, in fact, the, the modular housing saved my life. And now I've got a, a permanent place around the corner. And so uh, it just goes to show you that this type of housing giving people stability and then providing them the supports they need to get stable is is the way to move people out. And, and you've also nailed it, which is it's not just a Vancouver issue. This is a regional issue. And we need to make sure that uh, other communities are participating, providing the supports. And it can't be just all one community. That's something that American uh, Sim highlighted uh, today. And the good news is, the mayors in the region have uh, understood and said they want to be part of the solution. And so we're going to, you know, tackle this as a regional approach, not just a one-off approach. What do you say to your critics that, look, this government, the NDP government, has been in power for five years. This didn't just happen today. This happened under their watch. Why has it taken them to get, why has it gotten to this point that they're actually responding now when they should have been dealt with many years ago, earlier than that? Well, I would say two things. One, uh, if there was a focus on housing many years ago, uh, we wouldn't be in the deficit that we're in now. And, you know, a lot of the housing and investments and announcements we made uh, when we formed government are actually just coming online now. In fact, next year, we're expecting close to 800 units of supportive housing coming online that will be open because we started construction. Now, the question would be, why did it take four years for them to be uh, uh, coming online and being developed. Well, that's a, a speed of process issue that uh, I'm also looking forward to taking on. But, you know, what's what, what the main thing right now we're dealing with is coming out of the pandemic. We have had um, historic challenges. A lot of people through the pandemic have been struggling. The, num- the numbers of people struggling and being on the streets has gone up dramatically. And by the way, it's not just us. If you go to Seattle, you go to Portland, you go to San Fran, you go to L.A., all along the West Coast, major cities are dealing with the same issue coming out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But we're responding in a big way, and, uh, and uh, of course, it's going to require a lot more work. Uh, I just want to uh, expand a little bit on our conversation beyond modular housing to the broader issue of housing affordability. Uh, it's a segment actually we were going to cover today, but we're going to save it until tomorrow because we've got so much to, uh, to cover here in the province. In Ontario, the provincial government has been pushing very hard uh, to make more land available and to make, um, uh, you know, and to change zoning in some cases so there is more supply in the province of Ontario for housing. They've also given special powers to mayors, uh, John Tory the mayor of Toronto is a classic example, where he only needs one-third of city council support to push rezoning. In all these cases, 
It's about driving supply. Um, would this government consider doing something similar to what they're doing in Ontario? I know you've talked about giving people a uh, target, municipalities a target. Those that do well will, I'm sure, get lots of love from the NDP government, but those that don't may get the, get the stick in regards to improving their performance. But in Ontario, they're not messing around. They've just given mayors, basically created American-style uh, politicians, which is a super mayor's office, where... If we're going to push through this zoning, we're going to do it. I only need one-third support because the provincial government has mandated that. Would you consider that type of policy change where you actually drive supply and we don't get bogged down in in political maneuvering, uh, power brokers, all of those types of things? Ontario seems to get be serious and they're taking on the mayors. Would you do the same thing as housing minister? Well, Jess, uh, we're taking on uh, this issue in a very serious way and a slightly different way. Uh, as you mentioned, we're uh, passed legislation to set targets We have now the power to step in if communities are not uh, meeting their targets, which I think is a pretty bold move uh, and a little edgy. Uh, And I'll have to say that most of the mayors I've talked to say, hey, you know what, we're ready. We're ready to make uh, uh, play our uh, role to make sure we have the housing online. We passed legislation earlier this year that basically said that if you – Uh, come forward with a project that's already part of the community plan, that you don't have to go through all the hoops. You don't have to go through uh, all the council hearings. And so we've made that process easier. And uh, and Premier Eby's already laid out a whole host of initiatives uh, that um, uh, in his uh, election campaign that uh, will actually drive more speed into the process and get a lot more supply on. But I agree with you. Supply is going to be the biggest issue. I'm talking market housing. I'm talking non-market housing. Uh, and uh, and you'll be seeing a whole host of things uh, very early in the new year. Well, I look forward to having you on the show again and talking about some of them because it is a very big issue. And like I said, we'll be covering the Ontario, uh, uh, I guess, what they're doing over there this week uh, to- on tomorrow's program. But thank you so much for your time today. Look forward to chatting with you very soon. And if I don't chat with you uh, uh, this December, Merry Christmas to you and your family. And Merry Christmas to you, Jazz. Uh, Merry Christmas to your listeners. And uh, certainly hope we can chat before that. But if not, stay safe and happy holidays.